This program is made possible by the members and donors to the show. For details, visit the Contributes tab at bestoftheleft.com. Now, welcome to the award-winning Best of the Left podcast with clips today from Counterspin, This Week in Blackness, The Black Guy Who Tips, Laura Flanders, The Three Anegros, The Benjamin Dixon Show, Activism from ColorofChange.org, and Rimbert Explains. Protests erupted in Baltimore over the death of a black man named Freddie Gray, who suffered a severe spinal cord injury either upon his April 12th arrest or in the police van. As of April 30th, police still have not explained how that happened or why they arrested him. So, media had yet another opportunity to interrogate systemic racial injustices in policing practices, to examine the other structural problems, decades of underinvestment, job loss, and housing discrimination that fuel these outbursts of public resistance. And, yet again, many in major media opted instead for focus on property damage and pearl-clutching about thugs and looters. While the voices and ideas of those protesting were engaged mainly by the everyday more necessary social and independent media. We'll let one example count for many. The Washington Post offered readers a primer April 28th, the basic information the paper thinks you need to know to understand what's happening. The Who Was Freddie Gray section was drawn from the No Angel School of Journalism, with the paper's stress on Gray's previous run-ins with the law, offset by friends' remembrance of him as loyal and warm. It reads creepily as though we're meant to decide from this whether Gray was the sort of person who deserved to live or die. There's a choice, too, in the Post's description of Gray as, quote, the nation's most prominent symbol of distrust in police, close quote, where many would say he symbolizes black people's harm at police hands. In a how-did-he-die section sourced entirely to police and other officials, the Post presents Gray's death as a complete mystery and refers to officers' choices to leave Gray, who bystander video shows being dragged limp to the police van, unseat-belted, to fail to call an ambulance on arrest as policy requires, and to refuse medical assistance when it was repeatedly requested as errors. Well, having presented a story of a maybe kinda criminal guy who somehow accidentally died, the Post's final question is less surprising. Why is there so much anger? Well, implicitly, the fact that police appear to have killed someone in a terrible fashion with no credible explanation is deemed insufficient grounds. But the Post explains Gray's death is linked to, quote, what activists say is a much larger national issue, police mistreatment of black men, close quote. And these tensions, we're told, have been, quote, heightened in West Baltimore, where relations between residents and police have long been strained, close quote. An ACLU of Maryland report found 109 people killed in police encounters in the state in just the last five years, 69% of whom were black. Maryland is 29% black. 45 victims were not armed in any way. 80% of those people were black. When outlets like The Post can engage that reality, the reasons it happens and is allowed to happen, without downplaying it with terms like tensions and strain, then we'll believe they're learning to report as though black lives mattered. Obama, he uh, made an impassioned call today asking Americans to do some soul searching in the wake of these the uprising in Baltimore. I refuse to call it a riot.
calling an uprising. Um, he's argued that the United States has faced a, quote, slow-rolling crisis over race and economic opportunity in urban areas. He condemned the, quote-unquote, rioters for damaging private property and taking items from local stores, saying, quote, they're not protesting, they're not making a statement, they're stealing. But then he turned his criticism to Americans, including the news media and some politicians, for failing to address the chronic problems of men, women, and children who live in poverty and who find their opportunities limited because of poor schools or long stints in prison. He said, quote, this has been a slow rolling crisis. This is not new. We as a country have some have to do some soul searching. I mean, well, yes. I, I, it was funny. I saw um, Black Girl Danger on Twitter said that uh, she, uh, she's like, uh, Obama spoke on this and she only wanted to shake him twice, which was like a record. Oh, there was actually some uh, reasonable uh, points uh, made in this. Uh, there's, uh, I, I, there's some, some clips. I'll just play a, a, a random clip from Obama uh, speaking on this this morning. Uh, they, a lot of this has been uploaded uh, to uh, Twitter and their video series, their video platform now. So we'll, we'll play a clip of that. If our society really wanted to solve the problem, uh, we could. It's just it would require everybody saying this is important, this is significant. And that we don't just pay attention to these communities when a CVS burns. And we don't just pay attention when uh, a young man gets shot or has his spine snapped. But we're paying attention all the time because we consider those kids our kids and we think they're important and they shouldn't be living in poverty and violence. Um, that's how I feel. I think there are a lot of good-meaning people around the country that feel that way, but um, that kind of political mobilization, uh, I think we haven't seen in quite some time. Uh, and what I've tried to do is to promote those ideas that would make a difference, but uh, I think we all understand that the politics of that are tough because it's easy to ignore those problems or to treat them just as a law and order issue as opposed to a broader social issue. It's been a while since oh, we've right. heard something like that. I think we all Sorry. were surprised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I'm sure everyone on Fox News right now is being like, oh, he's divisive and he's not, fomenting race wars. And the best part about it is that he still said some, some froggy shit. Right. Yeah. But like, that was early on, but that, like, that, the idea of questioning is like, oh, do you really care or do you care when the CVS burns? That is a really, really valid fucking point. Yep. Like, like, why is it that you only care now? Why is it that now, oh, now you want to look at this stuff? But when people are suffering, like, like, day in, day out, for decades, the wire was actually a thing about Baltimore. So, I don't know, so this Baltimore thing is great. It was like literally yeah. based in this space. Yeah. Because it was, it was not the, it was not the greatest space. It was like, it's been a problem forever. And somehow, now, you're like, I don't understand. This is, this is, this is wacky. This is crazy. And you know what doesn't make sense to say that you shouldn't be rioting and you guys shouldn't be violent. First of all, I do not believe in violence against property. Fuck you. Violence is against human corporal beings mm-hmm. or dogs and shit, you know. Well, dogs and okay, shit. so so you know let's let's, I, let's actually touch on that. Because this is something like I've had this conversation uh, before, and uh, and it, I'm I'm pretty much on record. I, I went on Al Jazeera and like when the and had this conversation about like not not when not when uh Tony whatever his name was a complete douche, but the second time I came back on and had, actually had a real conversation about this, uh, I told them they were like, well, what about the property? And I was like, I'm not centering this conversation around it. But you do like there is you do have to have the moment where it's like, yes, if my house burnt down, I might be sad. Of course. Right. This is something that is obviously like, so when you have this conversation, cause I, I feel like people, people immediately put it to that. It's like to the person like, well, if my house burned down, I'd be angry. And like, and, 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 and that's bad. And they go into, and that, you know, that's right. You should be angry. Like your house burned down. That's like you, you saved up and that, that was, I get it. I understand why you would be upset. Now let's have a conversation about whether, whether your personal property or, pro- or, 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 a, or a regular a public property, is that more important than people's lives? And that's like, it's a question to ask. Cause like you have to, like, I feel as if you have to, I, I will acknowledge it in a very like, like, I guess overview. Yes. It'd be terrible. I wouldn't want my car to be destroyed. Oh, I would be really sad if my house burned down. I like, if these things are, yes, I would be upset about them. Now, am I go, the, the only way I could be upset about that and not, and not actually 
I guess, absorb anything else is, it, uh, is if I don't think about it from the historical context. Because the fact is that you have to do that. It's the same thing I tell white folks all the time. When people, white folks are like, I didn't do anything. It's like, why am I? I have to do this. Like, you know what? You've benefited a lot from systems that have oppressed. And sometimes it might require that you need to make a sacrifice. And that's it. Like if I like I've been asked to do like like uh panels or something like that or, or get paid for something like to go talk about like street harassment or like uh, issues around women and stuff like that and you know what I did I was like no <laughs> go ask someone else to, uh, to do it like I've, I turned around a bunch I'm like nah it's it's okay get uh, there there are women that are doing this work around this it's like you know I don't have to do that and because uh the fact is that I understand that I benefit a lot as a male right and so at a certain point for me to if i actually give a flying ass about anything around <laughs> around it doesn't um, even make sense listen asses fly <laughs> have you not seen the like the, the butterfly ass tattoo is definitely fly have you ever seen the butterfly tattoo when it was when when, when, when it twerks and does this <laughs> no. Oh, it's a thing. Go Google it. Aaron, you've seen this. No, the Google's not my friend right oh. now. The white the man's last Google. Okay. Oh, God. Uh, oh, dear. But yes, I mean, so like, the, and so I bring that up as, as an example of like, understanding like, okay, cool. Like, I have a certain amount of privilege, so like, I have to like, let things go. I can't like, I can't, like, I have to uh, sacrifice the times. And so if you actually care about, uh, about change, you actually care about social justice, you have to, you have to have a moment where you're like, well, like, well, I'm mad because the CVS, I, that was my CVS, I need to go to that CVS. That's cool, so you're gonna have to travel, like, at extra far to go get, like, get, get, get that, uh, that toothpaste or something like that. I get that, that must be annoying, because you used to have one, like, like, right down the block. Well, what about people's lives? Like, like, let's have, let's have like, that conversation. Like, how, what does, what does the conversation around what you see as a problem, like this quote unquote, uh, uh, the rioting of it, destroying the property, whatever, what does that mean in the argument and discussion around this? Because again, I, and I feel like I have to point this out. Were people, were people rioting or were people destroying things a year ago? By the way, this has been building for quite some time, right? This has like been de- building for decades, like this type of thing. But something pushed people o- 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 over the edge. It's like, I'm tired of this. You've been doing something for literally generations. You have been doing something that has been affecting my community, affecting me for generations, and I'm tired of it. I, and the people might not be responding in the way that you want them to respond. Heck, they're not responding the way that I want them to respond. I know I'm not a big, a big on, uh, like, uh, on going over and breaking a CBS, but at the me same either, time, but the response I'm not- perfectly human it's and that's but the thing is that like what what ends up happening is that there's a there is a mixture of the uh, of anger so people say but you're doing that but you're not doing that because you're upset about this so they so they they make a moral judgment on what they consider um the problem they make a moral judgment on like what when when they see like oh you destroyed oh you hit that car you hit that you destroyed that store you did you hit that storefront so you didn't do that because you're angry about this you did this because you just wanted that that's cool. Question though. What, where is the situation that allows them to all of a sudden be able to do that? Let's have that conversation. Like, why is it all of a sudden the cops, like, like, because like, under normal circumstances, are people burning things down and throwing bricks through windows? No. It's when they reach a certain point where there is like, I lack all fucks about what's happening. And I, I need, I need people to understand what's going on. You would think by now police departments would have seen this happen enough across the country, especially with Ferguson, to go, we need to be ahead of this. We need to come out. We need to be forward. We need to, you know, do X, Y, and Z to prevent these things from happening. It's like you have the blueprint to what fails, and they keep going through the same blueprint to what fails, what causes riots. Like, they like, fuck it. We're going to do the same shit we've been doing. And it's one of those things where you have, like, the police department in South Carolina. I was like, mm-mm, fuck you, you fired. And guess what? This shit didn't happen there. And so you can go through the process without this if you nip it in the bud in the beginning, if people are prosecuted, if you give answers, if you're up forward, up front with the community. And that's the thing. You have to be up front with the community. You're not up front with the community. The community gets mad. The community demands answers, which they should, because their tax money is paying you to do your motherfucking job 
and you're sticking your middle finger up at them and it's funny how for black people you don't work for them for white people you do other communities you do you work for those communities you know and it's very frustrating when you go well my money's green too my money spends too in this community but i i don't get the same respect because a lot of it is just flat respect and flat sympathy and empathy for people in the community and people can only take but so much they can only take but so much uh, uh beating they can only take but so much shooting and it's one of those things to where uh people get frustrated and and it's funny though when you sit and listen people act like this shit was the first incident and this is the first time this ever happened no 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 baby People have been getting arrested in these communities for years. People are getting shot in these communities for years. Unanswered murders for years. The same old thing. Well, I was scared and I was frightened. Yada, 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 yada. After a while, people go, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm sick and I'm tired of, uh, all this death and there's no explanation and there's no reasoning why and it doesn't make any sense. And when the community tries to mourn is when everybody cuts the food. You know, like we are not allowed to mourn. We are not allowed to uh, go through the grieving process. We are not allowed to, cause we're quote unquote always supposed to be strong. We're always supposed to act right. We're always supposed to be politically correct. We're always supposed to turn our cheeks. We're always supposed to put up a sign and have a silent protest. Well, this is the way we're always supposed to respond. And the thing is that we've been responding like that for a very goddamn long time. For a very, 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 very long time, people have been responding like that. And a lot of times when they respond like that, you you know what they get bitty sticks to the head you know what they get dog sick on them you know people act like this history um does not exist and it does and and for me it becomes very angering it becomes very frustrating and also for me personally i get to the point where i'll be like well goddamn, how do i know something like this won't happen in my city you know i can't speak for other black people but i know the city of charlotte is not above some bullshit like this happening here so it's just one of those things where in my heart my heart breaks and it goes out to the community and i have empathy and sympathy for all the people that are standing up regardless of the color of skin black white transgender all these people that are coming out and like i'm tired of this i live in this community too your job is to protect us not kill us your job is to serve and protect us not treat us like we're some dogs in the street your job is to serve and protect us and keep us safe your job is not to go fuck your breath your job is not to choke me out that's not your job your job is to serve and protect us and it's very very frustrating when the people that your tax money goes to to serve and protect you turns around and gives you a bullet and it's is it it gets me to the point where I become afraid. I become scared. You know, you don't know how to respond. You don't know how to react. Just like um, black people are seeing this. You know who else is seeing this? Police departments across the country are also seeing this. And you know what? They're getting scared also. They're getting frightened also. So it makes me fear, fuck, next time I get pulled over, am I going to get the one that over-responds because they're afraid that it's going to be another situation like it was before. And it's just one of those things where I get to the point where I, I, I'm, I'm cautious and I, I watch and I, and, and I look. And it's very frustrating because as a black person, you're guilty because of the color of your skin. No other reason why. You know, I don't want to hear no excuse. No, 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 no. I am automatically painted as guilty, regardless of my education, regardless of what college I went to, regardless of if I have a degree or not, regardless of how much money I make, regardless of what kind of car I drive, regardless of what kind of sports I play, regardless of that, for the fact that I walked outside my motherfucking door, I am guilty as charged. And that shit gets fucking old. It gets really, really old when you know that you will not get a fair trial. It gets old when you know judge and jury is the police officer, not the justice system. That becomes a problem i don't get my just cause you know we you know i'm I, i'm shot for petty shit that you see other people we you know people fail to realize i watch tv and i watch the news and i see other cultures cuss the police flat the fuck out and they will do everything they can and they power tase them all kinds of shit but they will not shoot a lot of these people not to say they don't but a lot of times shooting is the last result I don't get that. I, I I don't get that benefit of the doubt. I automatically get I am a wild fucking animal and I will will, will attack you. That's what I get. I, I automatically get that response. And it comes to 
the whole system needs to be um redone over people need to be retrained people need to be um uh taught that based off of color or skin does not automatically mean you're guilty and it's just one of those things where it's police officers tm because a lot of times regardless of the color of the skin of the police officer it's, it's a fraternity and i do understand that all police officers aren't like that i don't have a problem with that but there are enough that it becomes a problem that's the thing it's enough where it becomes a problem and if it's a problem the problems have got to be addressed you do not address these problems by sweeping shit underneath the rug you do not address these problems by holding up your, your your fraternity shield and telling the community that they're crazy telling the community that it doesn't matter tell because that's what you do when you when you stand up and you put out these these police reports and you tell everybody to calm down but you're not answering questions that the community have you're ignoring everything this the stuff and shit in baltimore is the end result of years of being ignored it's the end result of years of not answering questions and death after death after death this is this is this is years people who are quote-unquote seeing this for the first time act like this shit doesn't this shit is just oblivious this is the first time it's happened no this is happening too much across our country for people to keep playing ignorant and it's very very frustrating when i see the bullshit on social media and the politically correct people come out and they and, and 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 they act like you're wrong so not only am i being attacked by the police by the city and the mayor and all this stuff then i have to deal with people that look just like me also telling me that it's my fault for being black and that becomes a problem too because okay not only do i have to deal with external things telling me it's a problem i have to deal with internal things telling me it's a problem and i understand that everybody has their own coping mechanism to deal with the insanity of being black in america i do understand that but at the same time everybody everybody's coping mechanism doesn't work for everybody because my way of dealing with it might not be your way of dealing with it but a way of dealing with it is not ignoring it because that's some people's result of dealing with it is ignoring it and going well that's y'all niggas over there i'm not one of y'all but at the end of the day your day is going to come or your day may have came and you just tapped out you know you go well i don't want to deal with this and you move up and move out because you want to go somewhere quote unquote safe but even there guess what you cannot change the color of your skin guess what you cannot change people pulling you over based off of that and 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 to me this whole thing becomes frustrating it becomes aggravating and and it's very heartbreaking to me to see the videos to see the anger but i understand the anger you know and, and i'm not saying that the violence is right but i'm saying i understand the violence because it's funny how nobody pays shit attention to shit burns down Nobody pays shit attention to the fucking CVS goes up in flames. Nobody pays shit attention until people start tearing up police cars. No, no cameras are there. No, no, nobody's there when people are mourning until people tear shit the fuck up. And then here you come to say, what are y'all doing down there? Why do people have to tear shit up for people to take, to take their plight seriously? And that's the pro, to me, that's the whole problem with this. Being ignored is a problem, and we, we're, in a, we're in a place today where being ignored is not an option because of social media, because of cameras. Because, but see, the thing is, like, some people are adapting and some people are not adapting. And the police department, is they're going to have to change, or else you're going to keep getting an end result like this. Here at Best of the Left, we know that it's not enough just to stay informed. You need to get active if you actually want to change the world for the better. That's why we promote great activism opportunities every chance we get. Also, I can only reach so many people on my own, but with your help, we can extend that reach. The episode show notes are most likely available on the device you're using to listen right now, and if they're not, you can see them on the website. Simply click the title of any segment you want to share and then easily post it to your social networks or send it directly to friends. You joining these actions and helping amplify the show to get even more people involved is critical to our mission to change the world for the better. Get started right now in the show notes on the device you're using or visit the website from any device at bestoftheleft.com. It 
Indictments are nice, but institutional change is necessary. That's the message bellowing out of Baltimore. Even as she announced charges against six officers in the death of Freddie Gray, State Attorney Marilyn Mosby called for structural and system changes. Why focus on the structural when there's a homicide to prosecute? Here's a case in point. It doesn't get more structural than bricks and mortar, and that's at least part of where Gray's trouble started with lead poisoning. Gray and his sisters grew up in a house with lead paint peeling off the walls. At 22 months old, Gray's blood contained almost eight times the levels the CDC says can be dangerous. All the kids had trouble in school. Gray never graduated. And sadly, that's no surprise. Studies have shown that children poisoned with lead are six times more likely to drop out of school and seven times more likely to end up in the juvenile justice system. Is Gray dead because of lead? No, but it's not unconnected to the systems of power and racial ranking that did kill him. Scientists have known for years that lead is poisonous. At high concentrations, it can kill. But at even trace levels, it affects the development of children. And yet the U.S. was almost half a century behind other countries in banning lead in paint. Why? Well, you could ask the powerful Lead Industries Association, which thwarted public health efforts. Public health paid for private profits, and African Americans paid most highly of all. At the time of the ban, a national survey found that black children were six times more likely to have elevated lead in their systems than whites. As if that wasn't enough, in the 1990s, as Gray was growing up, a Johns Hopkins study in Baltimore enrolled slumlords to move poor families into homes where kids were exposed to levels of lead that were known to cause permanent damage for the sake of science. Those families weren't wealthy whites, nor was this the first time that black lives were sacrificed for white public health research. Written up in the book Lead Wars, the Johns Hopkins lead study was compared to the Tuskegee experiment in which hundreds of black men with syphilis were denied life-saving penicillin for decades also for research purposes. There's a reason the Black Panthers community health clinics conducted lead screenings. Gray's poisoning wasn't personal. It was political and structural and needs changing. I've been getting a lot of Facebook fights just oh, to, see yeah? I, to see if I still got it. <laughs> <laughs> just to see if I still got it. Because right. I normally don't engage in oh, Facebook fights. Muscle, you know, you yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what it's like? Flex a little bit. It's like when you start a fight with your girlfriend just to see if, you know, you still got it. You know, it's like, oh, okay. He's sick fuck. I'm, I'm, I'm still with it. Uh, so, yeah, I got into it because this dude uh, posted just, of course, like the sensationalized video of violent protest and then, of course, wrote the caption, animal. To which I wow. said, "Oh, word! Let's do this." <laughs> so I go in on them. Did you post pictures of white kids? Oh yeah, looting uh, we, for pumpkin patches and yeah. There was there was a uh, there was a sale on yogurt and kale, and apparently some people just went apeshit, <laughs> and they were called fans. So, oh yeah. Um, not called animals, but no fans uh, of uh, Greek yogurt. <laughs> yeah, there is this Greek yogurt rebellion, <laughs> and it was insane. That's a great name for a rebellion. Yeah, the Greek yogurt rebellion. <laughs> the Greek yogurt rebellion of 2015. Right. Um, but no, I got into it with this dude, and I did bring up that when the Ravens win, it's okay. They're revelers. They're re yeah, they're just having a good time. But when someone dies in the community, they are savages and thugs. So uh, we're going back and forth, and then finally, I, it's my favorite strategy uh, when dealing with shitty people about this. I just said, so why are they upset? What, why, why are they breaking things? Because yeah. you don't wake up on a Monday and just go, and like, what? I want to break fuck everything. Up. Let's go fuck up some Korean store owners. Let's <laughs> do this. It's a Monday. Why not? So I just kept going. So why are they upset? Uh, tell me, if you can tell me why these people are upset, 
I can then we can go from there because and of course me being the asshole I am I'm like I have absolutely no idea what's happening in Baltimore bring me up to speed <laughs> right <laughs> tell me more right so of course then uh, dudes like well they're just breaking things I'm like you're not answering my question I need to know why they're upset right so when you get someone who's a fucking riot shamer to then explain the narrative behind the riot they then look like an asshole right so finally somebody said Jesus Christ man there might be a riot happening in Brooklyn right now what up go get them uh, I'm gonna go get tampons from CVS burn that shit down Greek yogurt <laughs> Greek yogurt all day nigga <laughs> uh, so finally because <laughs> I'm an asshole he goes someone chimes in and just goes well you know why Freddie Gray I go well what happened to Freddie is he okay <laughs> something happened to him right and they're like well you know what's going on you're being obnoxious and I go no you're being obnoxious <laughs> Curse my feel, Freddy's dead. No, yeah, that Freddy's is that dead. no, no Superfly. Yeah. No Superfly. Oh, no. Right. no, okay, I'm done. Huge fan of Superfly, <laughs> me personally. But yeah, it's it, it. It. I mean, once you get that shitty person to then explain what's going on behind the story, they look even like a worse, right? As I watched the graphic images of what was happening in Baltimore on Monday afternoon into Monday night, and then I remembered and compared it to the broadcast of what was happening in Baltimore on Saturday night, it dawned on me that the media and commentators are intentionally not distinguishing the difference between riots and protests. White supremacy will never distinguish between the method and the motivations of protesters and rioters when it involves marginalized groups, particularly black people. To those who are willfully or tacitly blinded by white supremacy, the peaceful protests against police violence that were held on Saturday in Baltimore are exactly equivalent to the rioting we witnessed on Monday. On Saturday, elders and young people gathered to let their voice be heard in the most revered American tradition. And out of thousands of protesters, fewer than 100 were rioters, many of whom came with the express intention of inciting violence. But on Monday, hundreds of teenagers were let loose on West Baltimore. Some went to express anger. Others went just for the excitement of the moment. But the vast majority of them were destructive and images of their destruction have been broadcast on never ending loops with commentary of fear. Despite the glaring differences between the motivations and the methodology of these two very different groups, the same exact language and categorical condemnation that is being used with regard to Monday's events is being used by many to also describe Saturday's events. To them, there is no difference between the black political protester and the black rioter or looter. White supremacy will never intentionally distinguish between these fundamentally different actions because it must delegitimize any movement that poses to it an existential threat. To be clear, violence and riots pose absolutely no threat to the system of white supremacy that is all but indistinguishable from American society. At any moment it decides to, the government is fully capable of squelching any violent action against it. Dreams of militant rebellion would be crushed quicker and more fiercely than the shock and awe of Iraq. However, political protest and political action are a direct threat to both the systems and the people in power. And while authorities do try as evidenced by hypermilitarized crackdown on protests in Ferguson, 
political protests cannot be squelched by the police nor the military without destroying the same institution they seek to maintain. And because they cannot stop the political protests, they must delegitimize it by falsely equating it with riots. It isn't that they can't tell the difference between riots and protest. Clearly they can. White supremacy will correctly label what happens after sporting events in white communities as riots. And it will label even the most vitriolic Tea Party event as protest. And any action that buffers and undergirds the status quo will always be lauded by white supremacy. Don't mistake white supremacy with white America. White supremacy is invisible yet tangible. It is the invisible yet tangible system of control that can be espoused by anyone of any race. Simply put, there are many black faces that are the handmaidens of white supremacy. And you will notice that the only black actions, faces and voices that are promoted by an ideology of white supremacy are those that are either dead. Therefore, they are no longer a threat and they can be misappropriated or have accepted the current social economic power structure as ideal. This phenomenon is not limited to the differences between protests and riots. This hypocritical lens is applied to every other black action, protest, ideology, faith or voice that conveys messages that are a threat to white supremacy. It is the very reason why blacks are judged by the worst of us and never by the best of us in the efforts to dehumanize us for the purposes of exploiting for economic gain our bodies, our labor, and later our communities, white supremacy has embedded algorithms into the coding of a system of control that systematically rejects any idea of black intellectualism or economic affluence in exchange for narratives of welfare queens, young bucks, thugs, and race baiters. This is why when we are spoken of, it is always a gross generalization that buckets all black people into the category of uncouth barbarians that need to be civilized and until such time they need to be feared. The fine print of this process was the dismissal of our history, our identity and our culture of greatness as ignorant and barbaric in exchange for the culture of white supremacy. And so if you are not a black standard bearer of the status quo, you must be seen as a rioter and never as a legitimate protester. To them, a rioter is a savage, but a protester is a citizen. And as a citizen, protest is the mechanism through which the marginalized can give voice to their grievances. But so long as your grievance is with white supremacy itself, the system must defend itself by intentionally conflating are protests with riots because rioters play into the fear narrative of the savagery of blackness that is necessary to keep our voices from being heard by those who are still blind to the ubiquitous system that surrounds them. This is why white supremacy will only ever see riots and never protest because it must protect itself by protecting the minds of the people who are still plugged into the system. Riots can be explained away as the angry actions of animals who are out of control, but protest Protests are the actions of an informed citizenry that uses the methods of democracy to express its grievances with those in power. And because our grievance is with systems of white supremacy, if our grievances are ever seen as legitimate, then white supremacy itself becomes the problem that needs to be fixed. If our voices are ever seen as legitimate then our voices will begin to affect the mindset of the same people who are blind to the systems of control that have been manipulating them while simultaneously oppressing us. Then they can be detached from the machine of white supremacy. But until then, they will always do the bidding of white supremacy by dismissing our protest as riots because they are hopelessly and helplessly plugged into that system. And until then, we must 
must ferociously dismantle their efforts to delegitimize our grievances by exposing their hypocrisy and never allowing them to conflate our protests with the actions of rioters. Last week, uh, when people were uh, uh, when, when the whole Baltimore thing was in full swing, um, there was a lot of conversation. People were calling the, uh, the uh, some of the folks that were out there on the ground uh, that was uh, supposedly uh, participating in, in some of the uh, uh, the, uh, the action the, the the more unsavory action, uh, calling them thugs and things like that. And uh, 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 Councilman Carl Stokes had uh, had called them out about it. Uh, like she was, he was on CNN. And he actually had uh, uh, just flat out said, uh, "said you why don't you just say what you mean?" Because we've I've talked about on the show a lot that uh, and and by the way, this I want to be very clear uh, uh, that uh, which one I know that uh, President Obama uh, used the term uh, thugs, and I'm not good with that either. So I want to be uh, I want I, I was anti that. I think it's a it's a problematic uh, term, especially for what was happening around this. But that's what that's what happened. Uh, and so he was being he was on CNN and uh, they uh, he. Was was discussing this, and actually, I believe I have the clip here. Of course, it's not working. Why don't we try that again? Isn't it the right word? Hold on, let's uh, rewind it. We carefully go. chose to use that word. Isn't it the right word? No, of course, it's not the right word to call our children thugs. These are children who have been set aside, marginalized, who have not been engaged by us. No, we don't have to call them thugs. But how does that justify thugs. what they I did? Think that that I mean, that's a sense of right from wrong. They know it's wrong to steal and burn down a CVS and an old person's home. I mean, come on. Come on. So calling them thugs, just call them niggers. Just call them niggers. No, we don't have to call them by names such as that. We don't have to do that. That is exactly what we've sent them to. No, when you say come on, come on what? You would call your child a thug if they should do something that would not be what you would expect them to do. So that's what Carl Stokes uh, uh, said on CNN, uh, and uh, I, I just quite really pushed back on the concept of people referring to uh, the other kids as quote-unquote thugs. That happened, right? So then he went back on CNN. I want to be clear about what that He went back on CNN and... He was uh, having a nice conversation with uh, with uh, another lady about these about things. Ashley Ashley Bancroft is her. Hold on, I want I want I want to be uh, clear on it because I want to know I want you guys to know who I want to fall down. Um, Ashley uh, Ash, Ashley she's on uh, uh, CNN with uh, with uh, our favorite person person. Uh, it's Ashley Banfield, right? So Ashley Banfield uh, uh, is interviewing him the next day, right, uh, on CNN. And uh, she had some commentary for Mr. Uh, uh, for the man. Hold on, here we go. Their behavior, you put it down, you tell them it's wrong, you explain why it's wrong. But in terms of healing, which we have not begun in many ways in this town, mm-hmm. you don't start by calling okay. them names. I appreciate Ashley. I appreciate your clarification. I also appreciate you not using the word on this program. I was watching uh, Aaron's show last night. And I was livid, I have to say. You're a leader. And um, I just think, you know, so many people have said, don't say it in rap. Don't say it so loosely. Don't assume you can say it because you're one color if another color can't. It's just so painful to hear it no matter what color we are. And I'm glad you decided not to use it on this show. And I want to move on to some of the the root causes that you're... (laughs) It's so so painful to hear no matter what color you are. Lady, you don't get the entire fuck out of here. I mean, God, that's did this so- white lady, did this white lady just, just, just lecture a 65 year old black man about using the word nigger when he was calling out the dog whistle that, yeah. that, that people were using against black people? Did you, did this white lady? Yeah. Did this white lady? Yeah, she did. Did this? She did? 
And then, and then, and then had the nerve to like to speak like I was angry. I appreciate I was your living. clarification. I also appreciate you not using the word on this program. I was watching uh, Aaron's show last night, and I was livid. Fuck you! I don't care about your your lividness. Guess what? I assure you, you probably were not as livid as as, as black folks have by being called nigger in all sorts of things. I have to say, you're a leader, and uh, yes, he's a leader, and that's why he called out the bullshit as opposed to letting people go around yelling thug uh, at, 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 at black youth. He specifically called out and said, "Hey, what you're if you want to say it, say this, say the word that you're trying to say." And you're gonna say because he's a leader, you're gonna try to shame him. Like, like um, I just think you know, so many people have said, "Don't say it in rap." Don't. Who the fuck are these people, and why the fuck do we White care? People are saying, <laughs> don't say it. No, no, no. A lot of people do it too, like NAACP, Ronald. Roland Martin was flipping out about it. And here's the thing. I'm not like like obviously we, we like uh, we have said the word on this show here before and I and I will use it whenever I feel necessary to use it. But if you like but if people know me know that I'm not I'm not just going out, nah nigga, that's crazy. What up, nigga? This nigga, that nigga, all that niggas. Like uh, that's not, like hey, hey nigga, hi nigga, whole nigga. Hey nigga, what you doing? Hey nigga, hi nigga, whole nigga. Hey nigga, hi nigga, whole nigga. Like that's not what we what I do, but at the same time, I'll be damned if someone uh, that is gonna tell me how to use a, a, a language in that way, and then for you like like Lead, the leaders have said that you shouldn't use it. Like, well, what? In the right context? So should it be taken out of books? She, I feel like th that type of commentary is like uh, of the people who wanted to take it out of uh, uh, Huckleberry Finn. Remember when they wanted to, uh, to switch a uh, 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 nigger out of the, uh, the book and they wanted to put in slave? Instead of that? Yeah. Say it so loosely. Don't assume... I'm sorry, because he she, said it loosely. Yeah, he didn't say it he loosely. He said it on national freaking television when he was calling out a dog whistle specifically. And you thought... He, she responded like he was on, on TV, and they were like, what do you think about the thing in, in Baltimore? And he was like, nigga, this crazy, son. <laughs> That's what they... Like, he said it yeah. with. You can say it because you're one color if another color can't. It's just so painful to hear it no matter what. So I don't hear you about your pain. Yeah, like, how is it painful for her? And you know what? I'm going to argue that, 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 that the 65-year-old black dude probably has been called nigger directly. Yeah, I'll, I'm sure he has. Yeah. And he's, a, he's yeah. in politics. I'm pretty sure he's been called nigger directly. So whatever your pain, whatever your pain is, woman. Ashley Banfield, no one, no one gives a flying crap. What color we are, and I'm glad you decided not to use it on this show. And I want to move on to some of the... the and then after doing all that, and I want to move on, and I was like, oh, whoa, 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 so you dropped that on me? Like, I might have walked off the camera. I'm just like, wait, wait, you're going to lecture me? About using the word nigger. And you're like, I want to move on. I want to move on. No, 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 no. What'd you say, Aaron? <laughs> said she dropped the mic. She lectured him, ambushed him, and dropped the mic, and then moved on to the next question. You've reached the activism portion of today's show. Now that you're informed and angry, here's what you can do about it. Today's activism is a reminder of a recent campaign because certain awful things don't go away quickly. So we have to stay vigilant and keep fighting them until we succeed. So again, let's demand an executive order on racist, violent policing via colorofchange.org. This update, the midpoint in a three-part series of actions on police violence, serves as a reminder that demanding our institutions change is a process, and we often have to keep asking until we get what we want. In a must-read op-ed for her Angry Black Lady Chronicles blog, Imani Gandhi lays out an unflinching critique of our corporate media's affinity for the word thug when describing the Baltimore protesters. She writes, quote, Everybody knows that the white folks who dumped all that tea in the Boston Harbor back in 1773 weren't thugs. They were patriots. Well, the black protesters in Baltimore are patriots too. They are protesting conditions every bit as unjust, if not more so. Black people aren't taken to the streets because they enjoy being tear gassed and assaulted by police or because of some thug mentality. They are taken to the streets to protest the conditions to which this country has consigned them. And they are also taken to the streets demanding one thing, stop killing us, unquote. 
That can't be stated enough. People are simply asking not to be killed. President Obama conveyed his empathy, suggesting he understands why people are in the streets with a speech referencing poverty and violence. Quote, if our society really wanted to solve the problem, we could, unquote. Here's the thing. It turns out the president isn't just right. He's actually the only one who needs to believe those words. The Color of Change campaign demanding an executive order from the White House to end racist, violent policing is ongoing. If you haven't yet, please visit colorofchange.org and add your name to tell the president you expect him to answer his own call for change. We have a new attorney's general. Let's ensure she's directed to make her first order of business policing reform and adherence to civil rights law. The segment notes include all of the links to this information as well as additional resources. And as always, this and every activism segment we produce is archived and organized under the activism tab at bestoftheleft.com. If continuing to demand an end to police violence is a cause you can get behind, be sure to hit the share buttons to spread the word about the Color of Change campaign via social media so that others in your network can join in. Can you stand up and be counted as a body in a crowd? Put your name on a petition with your signature so proud. Can you raise your voice so loud as you stand with head on bowed, weather beating on your brow, demanding answers here and now? Cause that's how you make a difference in this fickle world of change. Freddie Gray's spine was snapped because he looked at a cop wrong. Like, that's essentially, like, what we have to go on right now. We haven't been told anything else. They won't tell us anything. So all you've left us to assume is that he had his spine severed because he looked at a cop wrong. And now you're telling these kids, responding to that violence, not to break windows? Not to break windows. Not to burn down a CVS? Yeah. A CV like this is this is the this is the level of value that is placed on black life right here, right? In that we we can excuse and justify away police violence, no matter how extreme, whether it's Freddie's spine, Freddie Freddie's spine being severed, or Rakia being shot for standing in a crowd. Yeah, like it's justified. Everything can be explained away. Everything has a purpose when the police do it. Everything that the police do is heroic. Yeah. But when people are standing They're doing up, their job. Right. Their they're job. doing their job. Because but, you people are so hard to police. And when people stand up to that and say that is an injustice, say that I'm fighting back for my humanity, you're telling them to be calm. You're telling them that they need to have resolve that they need to not not stoop to that level what the f- and 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 what and what universe has from from the top the message of just like relax just like calm down and, and this like, is a, just like act right like and, that, and, that is yeah and this is my, my like this is part of my problem is that you know, we're talking about being in the, the midst of a movement right now, mm-hmm. right? I think since Trayvon Martin was killed, yeah. we've been living under a movement moment. Mm-hmm. And now you have everyone trying to chime in about how to conduct the movement, right? Yeah. People that have never protested before, mm-hmm. people that have never organized before, people have all have ideas on how you're supposed to do it. Right. People who've never been disturbed by black people getting people, killed by the police are telling us how we're supposed exactly, to do it. Yeah. Exactly. People had never gave a about black death before. Now telling everyone else how to conduct a movement, right? And, and using history, using their Disney-fied version of history, specifically the civil rights movement. Going like quote.com to, to, to say looking up. this is this is the way that it's done as if Watts never existed yeah. as if Chicago never existed as if the threat of black violence was not part of that movement as if the politicians weren't paying attention to the nonviolent protesters because they were scared of the more militant forces out there actually coming in if they did not capitulate in some ways yeah. right so so there's that and then there's also just the idea that you're telling people in a 
completely different political moment that they're going to apply the same tactics from before. Like, it's not the dignity of nonviolent protesters that got white people to look at, at those images and say, you know what? Those people out there in their suits and their ties quietly <laughs> marching down the street, they deserve their rights. No! What, what nonviolent direct action did was disrupt and it, it provoked violence. Yeah. And when that violence was enacted on those black bodies, the blood and, and, and the broken bones and everything was th those images are transmitted in homes across America and across the globe. And people were horrified. The United States reputation. Guilt. The United States global reputation is damaged. Right. And they're in the midst of this Cold War. They're, they're trying to win against the Soviet Union. Yeah. Like, you can't afford these types of things. Mm. And you also have a federal government, you know, post-FDR, that's willing to use executive power to come in. And maybe it's an overreach, but you, willing to use that power to go into these neighborhoods, to, to use the National Guard to protect them, to, 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 to you know, pass laws that, are, that uh, affect states, right? You don't have that anymore. You don't have the ability to do that. What you have is... is a population so indifferent to the the suffering of black people that they don't care if those images come into their home. Yeah. They, they will justify it. And then you have a United States that's not ashamed of anything that it does. Like it, it feels no remorse. Yeah. It does not care that Japan thinks it, that, that the, the way it treats its, the, the United States treats its citizens is abhorrent. It doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't care if China, like, like, like everybody does <laughs> not care. So you're telling people to use the same tactics that work during that time period. Now, it's not going to be the same result. So maybe, just maybe, those rocks and those bricks and that fire is going to be what's necessary because you weren't talking about them before. If you've lived somewhere your whole life and this is your community is not as simple as I want out because it's your community. You just want everyone else to just like treat you like a human. That's it. But that is just like that, that, that very easy concept is so far away. It's so far away. And you know, if, if you, if you haven't gotten to that point, of thinking about every side of something like what happened Monday night, like like you, like you have to, like you have to get there. Like I, people, I, I have no issue with people, you know, being emotional and maybe not nailing issues right on the head as they're happening. But like you have to, like you have to get there. That's yeah, a good thing. Like, like, and. With 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 every passing city that this happens in, with every passing like black boy, black girl that dies, like you should get there quicker and quicker and quicker. And I, you know, I'm not really giving people over the age of 24 much more time to get there at this point because we've been observing this for so long, particularly mm -hmm. since 2012, mm -hmm. as you said earlier. And if you are going to raise your voice. As one, and one of my favorite scholars, Dr. Gregory Card, Howard University, tweeted this, you know, in effect tweeted this earlier. If you're going to position yourself as a thought leader, a punt, as a mm. scholar, or just a thinker, a pundit, or a journalist who, who's going to go on TV, who's going to write, and who's going to attempt to translate what's happening here for other people, I need you to do that work. Yeah. Because, like you said, I got the Fox News request this morning, too, and I just ignored it because I'm not going to go on TV or on the radio and apologize for people who are hurting who've been abused for decades upon decades upon decades i'm not going to make excuses for them when just this very week well, i don't need to make excuses yeah, for them exactly. when just this very week the baltimore sun released a report that they did about how many millions of dollars the city has paid to the victims of police brutality yep. since 2011 yep. this is only three years yep. Right. This yeah. isn't a long period of time that they paid millions and millions of dollars and how it is created to this, how it's contributed to this destructive, cyclical tension between yeah. over police people I mean, and violent police officers. Just think about think about that, though. They're willing to pay millions of dollars for the right 
to keep to keep to keep doing, keep doing it. Right. Like they and that's the system that you're up against. They are willing to pay out that money so that they can fret, uh, sever Freddie Gray's spine. Right. Like th- that that's the mentality that we're yeah. we're wrapped up in. We re- and you're telling me that the protests are not going to be effective unless they remain peaceful. Like that that's that's the climate that you're you're putting this into. Yeah. And it's it's and then, yeah. and then, bringing up King, <laughs> bringing him in, like, do, do we have, like, a, a online King quote generator this for guy, these this, moments? This that, like, like, yeah, it's like, it's childish Gambino. Like, because you can, like, everyone has a quote at the ready, the the, the moment the first rock is thrown. But we have to, to, the thing you is, have to, like, if you are using King as a cudgel for the maintenance of the status quo, you are doing it wrong. You are, like, you are completely misreading his legacy. You are completely misreading his message. Hi, Jerry. This is Ronald from Baltimore. Yes, that Baltimore. I have to apologize for coming late to the table in this discussion of the police murder of Freddie Gray and the riot and the curfew and the underlying causes of it all. I was actually in Cuba at the time, but that's a whole other story. I think most everything has already been said by other people, but I attended the rally on Saturday, May 2nd, in front of City Hall in Baltimore with my wife. What I saw was a peaceful rally. A lot of venting of frustration over the way black people have been treated in Baltimore for decades. What I also saw was a militarized intimidation by National Guardsmen in full camouflage uniforms with high-powered rifles and military vehicles, along with Baltimore City Police, also armed, but the National Guard are not trained police officers. I walked up to and spoke to one of the Guardsmen, a white guy with his gun slung in front of him ready for use, and asked him why he was there. He said he was there to keep the peace. My wife, perhaps a little more radical or less cautious than I was, said, We feel occupied. I said something to the effect of, This is an organized event. Why would there be any violence here like the violence we saw on the preceding Monday? The guardsman was resolute. He was there to keep the peace. Well, I'm pretty sure black people know how to keep the peace without help from heavily armed white National Guardsmen. And as you know, the curfew was lifted the next day, May 3rd. But if the city elites were not scared witless over the justified rage of the black people of Baltimore against which they'd pay millions for defense but not a penny for justice, there never would have been a curfew in the first place. So I couldn't help thinking that this show on Saturday was merely a rehearsal for instituting martial law. I hope I'm wrong. I look forward to hearing your next installment of Best of the Left. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks to the volunteers who helped gather clips to make this show possible. Thanks to Katie Klubusik for all of her work on our social media outlets and activism segments. And thanks to all those who called into the voicemail line. If you'd like to leave a comment or question of your own to be played on the show, the number to dial is 202-999-3991. And please do keep those messages coming in. I am sure many, many of you have lots and lots to say on this topic. In the previous episode, I, I brought up uh, the quote from Martin Luther King Jr. about riots being the language of the unheard, I, I, and I read the full quote, uh, it, you know, in case anyone had any thoughts on that, as well as the idea of referring to what's happening in Baltimore as an uprising versus a riot, and I admit I've sort of tipped my own hand a bit on how I feel about both of those questions with today's episode, but if you have any thoughts on those, I would still love to hear them. And I have another question that I really don't know if there's an answer to. And so when we look at these situations, we tend to talk about systemic problems. I mean, that is clearly, I mean, this is clearly a systemic problem. There are clearly systemic solutions that need to be put in place. Uh, There's a wide variety of them, things like uh, police body cameras, which I think would only make sense if accompanied by legislation that says that in the event that 
body camera video is not available, then the you know the burden of proof is then on the police, and uh, you know a huge shadow of doubt should be cast on anything the police say if there is not video available. And you know, so that I mean, that's just one thing. Certainly not a panacea. Uh, other things like. Uh, inherent bias trainings that can be done, you know, and maybe it needs to come from the Justice Department on the federal level, coming down to the, the cities and implementing inherent bias trainings so that police officers on the ground can actually be taught in a really comprehensive way what inherent bias is and the fact that they don't have to be an overt racist or a terrible person in order to be biased against people of color. We all are biased against people of color because we live in a white supremacist society. And so trainings like that can have, you know, hugely beneficial effects. So all of that stuff is systemic. I'm in favor of all of it. I think it should be done today. But that leaves me wondering, is there anything that individuals can do? And that it starts to be a dangerous question because then people think like, well, what individuals should do is pull up their pants and don't talk back to the police. And when you see the police, you know, reverently bow your head and step down into the gutter and then you won't get your neck broken. And that is utter bullshit. We are not buying into that style of respectability politics on this show. So when I ask if there's anything individuals can do, that is not what I'm talking about. So beyond that, what can individuals do? What can white people do? What can people of color do? Is it just about talking? Is it about changing minds one at a time? Is it about engaging in conversation? Is it, uh, you know, about, you know, hopefully, I, I hope that media like I'm producing and, and like I'm helping promote is part of the solution. What else? Like I said at the beginning, I, I don't know if there's an answer to this, but I have the question. And if there is something that individuals can do to feel like or not even feel like, to actually be making a difference, to actually be helping to improve the situation, uh, you know, one little bit at a time. I would love to know what it is. I would love to share that information. If anyone has any ideas, again, like, I would just love to hear from you. And maybe, maybe it is as simple as just forming relationships and talking about it and informing yourself so that you can then have these conversations in the real world, you know, not letting subtle racism and, and biases go unchallenged. You know, maybe that's part of it. But I don't know. I, I, I feel like there is opportunity for something bigger. So there's something more that I'm missing. And maybe you know what it is. So if you have any thoughts, uh, you know, on this or anything else, please call in. Let us know the number again, 202-999-3991. That's going to be it for today. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to those who support the show by becoming a member or making one-time donations, as that is absolutely how the program survives. Of course, everyone can support the show just by telling everyone you know about it, leaving glowing reviews on iTunes and Stitcher, and by donating your accounts at donateyouraccount.com slash left. Stay tuned into the show by joining up with us on Facebook and Twitter, and for details on the show itself, including links to all of the sources and music used in this and every episode, all that information can always be found in the show notes on the blog. So coming to you from inside the Beltway, yet outside the conventional wisdom of Washington, D.C., my name is Jay, and this has been the Best of the Left podcast, coming to you every Tuesday and Friday, thanks entirely to the members and donors to the show from bestoftheleft.com. And it's a cry and shame How we get so trained See